0: Welcome to The Lisa Show. Hey, we should be having this conversation over lunch. Our conversation with Dr. Jennifer finlayson Fife this week was just too good to keep to ourselves. She explains what red flags you should watch out for in a partner. We talk about why a marriage that seems unequal can actually be at its healthiest. And later on, she dives into why feeling discomfort in your relationship can actually be the key to having the love that you really want. I hope you'll stick around. Sometimes we sort of cringe at a boundary and we think, well, no, no, no. I mean, I'm going to love everyone as much as I can. You know, as as if that's the the, the goal, except it comes at the expense of of your own self-care and self-love. That's right. You know, for those who are maybe com- contemplating this idea, whether they're single and they're looking for a partner or whether they are married and they're thinking, well, this doesn't apply to me, but maybe does it? <laughs> what are some um, of the red flags that you see in relationships that uh, mm. that really merit a slowing down and a consideration of this whole process?
1: Yeah. Well, I think anybody that is... A good idea to really partner with, they're not going to make you struggle to hold your dignity in that relationship, right? I've worked with some people where their partners just mind twists a lot and meaning twists a lot and, and doesn't respect what she wants, in this case, one example in my mind, that she would say that I'm uncomfortable with this, or I don't like this, or I don't feel. And he would always basically, you know, make fun of her, humiliate, you know, twist the meaning. And so she was constantly struggling to kind of get him to pick up her dignity and to hold it. And he just wouldn't. Now, of course, her challenge, the area to work with her was that she would tend to not believe she deserved better than that. You know, she'd grown up being treated like that somewhat in her childhood. And so then it felt normal in a way to have to fight for your dignity in your partner's eyes. But that seldom goes well, right? Because if if you can't trust your partner to have your interests in his or her heart and take their partnership with you seriously enough to not take advantage of it or to undermine your well-being. It's, it's not a safe person to join your life with. and It just isn't. Um, I think, you know, this is just a secondary idea to that. It's very similar. But, you know, when couples struggle in, in, with meanings that is that they're in these long battles over what something actually means, usually you don't have two participants who are playing fair. So somebody is twisting the meanings, somebody is screwing with the insecurity of the other person and keeping a kind of struggle alive that, again, also doesn't go well. So when a partnership is going to be healthy for you, there's a basic honesty and a basic decency. It doesn't mean you don't sometimes misunderstand each other or you don't sometimes not see eye to eye, of course. That happens a lot. But there's something honest in it and there's something fair in it. You 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 don't just let go of your perspective, but you are willing to understand your spouse's perspective and to understand why and how they see it differently And there's a desire to build a bridge across those perspectives. So I don't mean to say this is all just, you know, hunky-dory easy, because sometimes these are pushing on really core issues. But there's a fairness in it. There's a decency in it. And it doesn't leave you burdened and feeling alone and feeling like you have to go to friends or family to get the support you need because you can't find it in the partnership. Those are, those are warning signs.
0: Are there a lot of, or any specific or particular examples of issues that you see come up from time to time? Or time and time again, I should say.
1: I was just working with a couple today and, and um, there had been kind of a pattern between them where he was a little bit heroic and she was a little bit dependent. And they're a great couple. And you know, they had a lot of strengths but this would kind of undermine some of his desire and he would feel kind of like he had to be often in this protective caretaking position, which she liked a lot, but was taking too much actually from that position. And one of the things that they were talking about today was that as he's watched her kind of grow in her own autonomy, Now, not like she's leaving the marriage or something, but she's just taking on more of her own aspirations, her own goals, going and doing things with friends. And, you know, he says it's like, it's desirable, it's attractive. And it makes me feel more like we're really partners, not like we're in a kind of caretaking dynamic, but that there's this energy of real equality and real partnership because what he was trying to articulate was this balance between Belonging and belonging to your to each other, and belonging to your own life. That's beautiful.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, and you do mm-hmm. love to hear those success stories too.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, a lot of these yeah. things
0: of, of, you know, my perspective in talking about self care so much and the different aspects of it is coming from a place that this is. Not this is the foundation for everything, for all of your relationships, right? Yeah. Your, and and your yes. work and everything that you do, and to have a good life, it has to start with the things that you have control over, which are your own choices yes. and, and and attitudes. Yes. And so I love to hear when that like works out really well for you know strengthening yeah. someone's you know self care or autonomy and and relationship actually nurtures that relationship.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because really strong partnerships, they really aren't threatened by that. In fact, they get stronger with it. So they aren't threatened by a spouse who belongs to herself or himself. Now, what that means is you if you're really in a strong relationship, you don't do things that undermine the marriage. So that is to say, belonging to yourself doesn't mean doing things that compromise your responsibility to the people you love. So because if you hurt the people you love because there's something you desire, well, ultimately that also hurts you because we are always embedded in these relationships. So we can't be fair to ourselves and compromise those we love. And similarly, we can't be fair to those we love and compromise ourselves because ultimately we will undermine our relationships if we don't make room for our own growth and our own happiness in a marriage. So, you know, there is this balance that we're always trying to work through, but honestly and earnestly figuring it out is a, is a valuable endeavor. And there's also times and seasons where, you know, sometimes women are home and they're more in that caretaking, sacrificing position. But then there's a season when they're able to move into more of their own development, their own aspirations and so on. And for their partner to move into, different, uh, into a different role as well, often that's that's often a pattern that I see in the couples I work with.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you saying this is not just a hedonistic. You follow your own bliss and everybody yeah. just has to fall in line. It's more nuanced That's than right. that. You would never, if you were emotionally intelligent and in, in a strong marriage, do anything to hurt the other yes. person. There is this like basic... Yes. Uh, My uh, late husband and I used to call it like, I'm not trying, like, I will hurt your feelings, but not on purpose. Uh, You know, that's my promise to you. Yes, we will hurt each other, but never intentionally. So being able to, but that giving that other person a benefit of the doubt is an earned part of the relationship.
1: Yes, it is. It's absolutely earned. That's right. You watch that your partner cares and you watch that they will make sacrifices for your benefit. Or you watch that as they better understand, oh, you know, I'm taking too much or I'm not being fair. You watch them do differently and similarly, you know, that you yourself look at, okay, wait, I'm maybe not being fair here. This isn't, I'm not being kind. How can I be better about this? And you earn that trust by by being people that are truly friends, capable of real friendship and capable of partnering.
0: And -hmm. there's such a benefit to that. You know, when I was in, in a very caretaker role, you know, as my husband has this yeah. terminal disease near the end of his life, uh, you know, there was still this just, there wasn't a resentment. And and I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. It was because he had proven to me over decades yeah. of, you know, that he didn't, you know, want this or choose this. And we had gone through different mm-hmm. seasons of when we did it well or when we didn't do it very well, yep. you know, and, and it, it had came to, oh, yes, this is, uh, you know, an absolute basic need that you need. And yes, it doesn't look, quote unquote, equal <laughs> to the outside world. Right. But he had earned that by the way that he had treated yes, me the, exactly. our whole marriage. And I, I wish other people kind of hadn't, had known like the, just such the benefits of that when crises come because it Absolutely. could have been— a horrible or even a more horrible <laughs> situation yes, yes. had i had right. years of built up resentment and things like that it, it, oh, it and, yeah. and 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 yes, i'm so glad that
1: so you good. know
0: we had come to a good yeah. place
1: yeah and and then you were really in a position to freely give it i don't mean to say that it was easy but that you really did know he would he's not a man that takes advantage of me and he and he would have done, done the no same choice for me and he would do the same for me. And so I choose it and I choose to give to him in this way. And yeah, it's really it, beautiful. It does really feel a little actually. bit
0: more empowering. Um, I did want to ask you about a specific too that I think a lot of people struggle with. Um, I certainly have over the years. And that's the sort of allocation of time and how you negotiate yeah. time in a relationship, um, in, in a healthy mm-hmm. relationship. What does that look yeah. like to you?
1: Yeah, it's a great question because it's really like probably our most precious asset actually is time and how we use our time. And, um, you know, I have worked with plenty of couples, especially where there's a woman who's full time at home and she has often in that early stage, like no time. That is to say, like she is, you know, night and day. On call and I could seven. <laughs> call, right. And I would see like some of these partnerships I was working with where the husband would come home and be like, well, I'm exhausted. And so I should sleep through the night. And and, and I don't mean to say that I know how everybody should negotiate this, but that there was a kind of entitlement sometimes in this that, that the man was doing the more important work. And like, I don't care, you could absolutely love what you're doing, but to do it 24 seven and never have any reliable breaks, it's hard to keep enjoying it. You know? This right. Right. So is not about not enjoying your role. It's that there's never actually like some kind of a reliable place in which you can belong to yourself again for a few moments. And so I think this is something that couples really have to think through well. And I don't mean that everything has to be equal, equal all the time and husbands must always get up in the middle of the night at the same amount. I don't mean like that. I, but I do think thinking kindly and carefully about are we being partners and friends in this? And what is reasonable and fair given that we are handling different kinds of responsibilities? How, you know, how costly is it to one to be up in the middle of the night versus the other? But can we really think Think about time as a meaningful asset and make sacrifices so that one is not using or taking advantage of the other. Right. And, you know, I've seen it go in the opposite direction as well, where, you know, I had a couple where I think she actually envied all of her husband's success and his involvement in many important things. And she kind of hadn't developed herself. And so then she'd get very, demanding around equalness when he would come home, kind of as a way of proving to herself and him that they were equals, but it was done out of more of a place of emptiness in her than really creating something collaborative and fair. So I'm, I'm not giving like, always do this and never do that answers, but... Yeah, because life's more nuanced than that. Nice, more nuanced, exactly. But thinking about if we're going to be a happy partnership, we need to make sure that one doesn't take advantage of the other. And so we need to make sure we're being clean with ourselves and with each other around this. Um, And, you know, really making sure this is sustainable, um, how we've arranged this between us. So, and, and see that, no matter how you negotiate it, that feeling that you're partners and that you value what each other is doing that will pull you through. I mean, that'll pull you through pretty hard times and even when the kids are gone, keep a sense of, you know, we're friends ultimately and we respect each other ultimately, um even as those different roles and endeavors shift.
0: Yeah, because they do. I mean, again, relationships that are alive and growing and they're always going to shift and change and and you know, it's there a lot has been said, I think in social media or in just in our social conversations about how you can predict right longevity of marriages yep. or how do you know and yep. with the statistics and 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 how can you set yourself up for success you know before you enter in this or or can can it be saved or not and and so it's interesting to to hear from you the repeated such great um you know focus of being friends and and looking out for the other when you talk to couples where they really do have this like love and friendship this, this and wanna show up for the other person and maybe they're being asked to do something that maybe crosses a line or they don't even they're not necessarily being asked, but they see a need in the relationship or in life that they think, ooh, I should fulfill that, but that might be too much. How do you help them show up for the other person without compromising their own self-care?
1: Well, so this is how I think of it, is that it's if you stand up and make sacrifices for the best in your partner, you won't undermine the best in you. If you are trying to make sacrifices to keep your partner from leaving or keep them liking you or trying to earn a self through them, but going against something you believe is good or fair or right, you will ultimately undermine yourself and the partnership. Right. So, you know, for this is just one example. Let's say you find out that your partner is capable of lying to you and you, find out that they have actually been keeping critical information from you about who they are or what their choices are, well, you know, a lot of times people can want so much to restore a sense of trust or to not be the questioning, doubting spouse that they kind of will tell themselves, well, I don't want to be annoying because then he or she may really leave or he or she may like never want to stay in the marriage or whatever. So I'll just stop asking questions or I'll just kind of collude in a picture of them being more honest or fair or reasonable than they are. And so in that sense, trying to kind of earn a self or earn approval or keep the marriage intact, but at the expense of what is true. And I think that just never ends up ultimately making couples stronger in, in good marriages, there's always two elements, truth and love, and they coexist at all times. You don't speak, you, you talk honestly about what is and you love, you care for yourself and the other person. You have a responsibility to both yourself and your partner. Sometimes we talk in the frame of serve your partner, serve each other, you know, and I understand that language, but I don't think it's quite the right, it's not the best frame. It, what I really think it is, is hold out for the best in both of you. Make room for your well-being and your partner's well-being. And and know that, it all, that you hold a responsibility to both. Those are the happiest marriages. So you don't have the idea, well, I'll just throw my interests away and hope that my spouse picks it up for me, okay? Because they're supposed to take care of my needs. It's not that. <laughs> so... Um, Hang on a second. So, so it's instead of a, a sense of we both have a responsibility to the best in both of us. And so when your partner is stand, saying, I'm unhappy with this, or I wish our sexual relationship were better, or I feel that I want to go back to school and I don't know if you're able or willing to, to make the sacrifice that that would require, Right. So sometimes, you know, you have to say, okay, well, I don't want that to be the right answer. I don't want to make those sacrifices or I don't want to look at my sexuality or something like that. But that a part of you knows (laughs) that maybe you don't want to admit that there's something in there that is calling for something stronger in you or asking for you to sacrifice in a way that is important for the thriving of your partner or the thriving of the relationship. Now, it can be easy to start defending and talking about all the things that they don't give or do to get away from your conscience. But the happiest marriages, you don't do that. You you go with what your conscience tells you and you pull for the best in yourself for the sake of that marital friendship. And so it's it's a balance, but it's such an important one to be questioning and looking at within within ourselves.
0: Well, it's a real expansion of service. Because you're not just saying, you know, how can I serve the other person or how can they serve me as if it's just transactional or a tennis game going back and forth. But it's really yes. a reframing uh, of, yes. of, of, yeah, the best in me, the best in you. This is where we play. This yes. is the playground. So anything can go within this playground. And yeah. as long as we That's have right. this of the of the best of, of both of us, and I mean, isn't that the romantic ideal? Isn't this what all the poets yeah. wrote about? <laughs> you know, on yeah. all the best of intentions are when yep. you know I think it is what we all truly desire and it's it's interesting that you know sometimes we can fall into what we think will bring that and it might not be true or what we've seen yep. in our uh, it, you know in our own parents or with our own family and friends and kind of mirroring that but but really basing it on principles that are tried and true and just kind of universal like yeah. that is it, it takes a focus.
1: Yes. It does. And I think this is why marriage, in my view, really drives our development. And I don't mean just marriage. I mean, any meaningful relationship, parent, child, family, friends, any relationship is going to push us to look at who we are and to sort out, am I being unfair to myself or am I being unfair to my friend? Am I need to stand up for this? Or am I being too unyielding and unbending? And these kinds of questions are what drive us in our capacity to love. You know, the Christian ideal of loving God, other and self is really, it's like all they're all linked. You can't get away from any of them because they all matter. And so you can't really love God without accepting yourself. I know people might find that a little bit hard to believe, But like part of accepting and knowing God is accepting yourself as a beloved being, as worthy. And that takes tremendous courage sometimes to see and accept ourselves that way. But also to see and accept another as also worthy, as beloved, as someone that you also have a responsibility to as you do to yourself. That is a way of honoring God. So, you know, in our relationships is where we're being pushed on these questions and you know where we get in trouble is when we treat it like a battlefield. You know, now it's my turn, and you've got to respect my boundaries. And you know, or you know, we just collapse into the enemy, so to speak, and we just like do what they want, right? That's well, also care. not. I don't not, care exactly. Yeah. Exactly, that doesn't that doesn't work either, and it actually undermines the the s- sustainability of the marriage and also what children observe in that kind of dynamic. And so, yeah, like learning to love is finding the courage to care about another, but also to truly care about ourselves as flawed as we are, as much as we know our own fallibility, to actually see ourselves as God sees us, to value ourselves flawed as we are as being worthy of respect, as being worthy of our development, as being worthy of being able to develop our gifts, but also worthy of stretching ourselves and caring for others, even when it's uncomfortable or asks more of us. So, yeah. Oh,
0: very well said. I love the way that you frame that, that each one enhances the other, that it isn't a battlefield. Um, Do you ever worry about comparison with other relationships, do you see that as being an increasingly yeah. hard problem for yeah. for relationships?
1: Yeah, increasing. I don't know, but probably. I, I think first of all, people are often comparing their inside with the outside of other people, and we're often good in our social environments of portraying a polished outside not necessarily the true inside and social media of course makes this worse and sometimes our idealism that's being portrayed in movies and so on is not showing growing relationships relationships that are honest and struggle and hurt sometimes and where you can't get the validation you want from your partner and you're upset and that we don't have the normalcy of that one of the I do live retreats a lot of times. And the thing that I think is so powerful about these events is that very quickly, and everybody kind of comes in, these couples often come in sort of nervous and like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. what <laughs> they're uncertain about the fact that yeah. they're there, but who are they going <laughs> to see there? Are they gonna... ah. And suddenly they realize, you know what, we're just like everybody else. We're just in the thick of this, of figuring out how to be better partners, better friends, better lovers. And so the normalizing of that process is extremely helpful. Like so, not only are they learning from other people's, ex, you know, examples and me interacting with them, but they're they're getting this normalization that's extremely helpful. I know for me that I'm when I'm first year of marriage, and I was like, oh man, we're like fighting about things, and this isn't going well, and I I was like, this is like the shame of the century. Like, I don't know, I had this feeling (laughs) like everybody else is probably just like blissfully... Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And there's something defective about us. And how unhelpful of an idea that was. It just simply wasn't true and didn't help at all because it made me feel like there was something broken about us. And it was a gift in becoming a marriage counselor is to actually realize, Mm -hmm. wait a minute, like, this is just a normal part of human experience to be in these questions and these struggles and this this process of sorting out how to love and how to respect yourself in the process. When I think I, uh, of everyone's, you know,
0: sort of ultimate wish, there's a lot of pressure put on marriages, right? Like, oh, it will, you know, I'll feel complete, I'll feel whole, it'll make, yeah, exactly. you know, everything better, and and so we come into it with so much pressure. Uh, you know, just in our remaining time together. Of all the things to talk about as you're trying to like negotiate how you care for yourself and those that you really love, especially in a marriage relationship, Mm -hmm. um, is there something that we haven't talked about or touched on that you feel is of great value?
1: Mm. Well, I think it's very valuable, and and this has kind of been a, a, a strain throughout this conversation, but I think that it's really valuable to value the process. I think mm-hmm. when we think of it in terms of I'm, like I was thinking in the first year of marriage, we're messed up, you know, like yeah. <laughs> we're not <laughs> as happy as we bad. should be, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. It's very much in this sort of judgment and kind of like, you know, that, that fixed mindset, right? Rather than, no, marriage is a valuable process, right? It's a process of learning how to love and finding yourself exposed in that process okay to yourself even to your partner and that the discomfort is a valuable is a valuable discomfort because it's what allows you to grow in your capacity to care for another person grow in your capacity to know and accept yourself to become wiser to become kinder because if you'll let marriage or any important relationship teach you, right? You grow into a wiser person, you get more at peace in your own skin. I mean, I'm in my 50s now. And there's a lot of, um, it's a good decade, I have to say, because (laughs) there's a certain amount of like, you know somebody told me this joke once like you know in your 30s you're very concerned about what everyone thinks about you and then in your 40s you like you you decide that you're not going to stop worrying what people thinks about you and then in your 50s you realize nobody was thinking about you anyway <laughs> 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 they're only thinking about <laughs> <all laughs> themselves <time. laughs> <laughs> exactly but you know you kind of grow into a more of a self acceptance i think through through a process of coming into something more solid and intimate even within yourself um, and in the people that know you best. And it's a very valuable reward of the struggles that we find ourselves in in important relationships. It doesn't mean that they'll all work out and if they're not working out, you're doing something wrong. I want to be clear about that because some relationships the most self-respecting thing to do is to leave it, right? Because it isn't a relationship that is going to care for you properly. Um, It's not going to look after your well-being sufficiently. Um, I don't mean that you just love and then your kids all do what you think is best and right for them, right? Agency is fundamental to all of our lives, but we can grow into wiser beings, we can grow into more clarity about what we're responsible for and what we're not. We can grow into more wisdom about who God is and who we are in that relationship. So there's, I think, just valuing the way that loving and caring for others and doing it deeply and perfectly is still a very valuable process and one that we can get better and better at even if not as fast as we wish
0: The Lisa Show is a production of BYU Radio The show is hosted by Lisa Valentine Clark and produced by McKay Menden and Becca Hurley with help this week from Tabby Freitas Music and post-production was done by Sam Clausen Special thanks to Dr. Jennifer finlayson Fife. You can find more of her work at finlayson-fife.com. Thank you for listening to The Lisa Show.